Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to LA to LA episode two. Before I even get started with episode two, I just want to give a huge shout out to my little sisters, to Raji and Trinity. This episode is dedicated to you two. And this episode is going to be about grief and how it has shaped me on my journey and the role it has played in my 26 years of living. And it is very near and dear to my heart. This is not something I am always talking about. If you're not close family, I mean, very, 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 very close family and friends, I've probably never even had this conversation with you. But I feel like LA to LA, we family, right? (laughs) And it's time for me to be a little vulnerable. So that's what I'm going to do. So... When I was born, I lived for six years in Irvingville, Louisiana. It's a small country town, very rural. Um, I think one traffic light. Yeah, one traffic light or two traffic lights. Um, I lived there on a farm. People don't believe me, but yeah, we had a born in the back. Um, we lived in a trailer. My dad had eight kids, but only six of us lived in the house, well, in the trailer, and then my mom and my dad. My mom had two kids, me and my sister, but she didn't live in the house either because they were all, those three were older than us. They were all grown. So it was just us six, my mom and my dad in the trailer, and three bedrooms. All the boys were in one room, all the girls were in another room, and then I was the youngest, so I was in the room with my mom and my dad. My mom passed away when I was six years old, suddenly in her sleep. She was not sick or anything. She passed away in her sleep. It was the day before Valentine's Day 2002. I was at home because me, her, and my sister Keisha were supposed to be going on like a pre-Valentine's Day mother-daughter lunch, which never happened, of course. Um... I don't really remember much. I just remember kind of asking her for something to eat or something. No, I asked her for some ice cream. I was like, can I have this ice cream? And she was like, I'm I'm trying to sleep. Don't call me. She was like, yeah, you can have the ice cream. But don't wake me up until your sister get here or until your sister call. Because my mom worked the night shift. So you know how that is. You know when your mama say don't bother her. Do not bother her, you know. <laughs> so I just was watching TV and watching TV and time kind of passed by and my dad came home and um, I just remember him kind of like trying to wake her up and um, <laughs> damn, it's three minutes in and I'm, uh, I said I was not going to be emotional and here I am three minutes in already. <laughs> but um, my dad was trying to wake her up. She never woke up and that day, I moved in with my sister. My sister and her husband, they had been married for not even a year yet. And I moved in with them. Um, me and my dad did not have a relationship after that. Up until the day he died, we did not have a relationship, um, which I'm going to talk about more of that a little later. But um, I moved with my sister and her husband to Baton Rouge. 
and they raised me. So when I say my mom and my dad, I'm more than likely talking about them too because they have been the only kind of mom and dad that I've known because my dad wasn't in my life and then my mom passed away at such an early age. So when I say mom and my dad, it's because of them. Uh, I'm talking about them. Uh, moving to Ben Rouge was very different for me because, like I said, like I was went to a to a um, elementary school that I rode the bus with all of my siblings who were in high school and middle school, and like you know now I'm moving to this new new town, which is not that far away, but it's still a new town, a new school. My mom just passed, and me and my mom were attached at the hips. Let me tell y'all, if I did not want to go to school. My mom did not make me go to school. If I wanted to be with her all day, she let me be with her all day for those whole six years because I think she kind of knew that she wouldn't be around long for me. So all the time was valuable. Like, you know how you spoon with somebody? I used to spoon with my mom, but I was the big spoon because I was so attached to her. I did not want her to go anywhere. I used to hug her and kiss her all the time, all day, all night. Very, very, very attached at the hip, like literally at the hip. Um, but I feel like my mom kind of knew that she wouldn't be around long. And like kind of like when I've got older, I've had conversations with my aunts, her sisters, and they kind of like would tell me how much their mother's death affected my mom. And i grown to realize that I think she died of a broken heart. You know, like she died five years, five days after her mom passed, like, you know. So I think she she very much died from a broken heart. I don't, like, I don't, I miss my mom more than anything in this world. Because who wouldn't? Like, that's your mom. Like, I don't even want to say imagine life. Don't even, don't even think to imagine life without your mom. Like, that's your mom. Like, you want her there. So to not have it, even though you have somebody filling that void, like my sister and her husband, like they stepped up 110%, but that's still my mom. Like that's still the person who I was made inside of, who who created me. And to not have a relationship with her or to have a relationship and it be cut off so suddenly, that shit does take a toll on you, a, a very, very, very big toll on you. But... um. Like I said, having my sister and having my brother-in-law, it, it helped me to drown out some things that I probably shouldn't have drowned out, meaning I never dealt with my mom's death, you know, like at no point. <laughs> I remember I was at Children's Charter School and I think like the counselor tried to talk to me like one day, but I was like, I'm fine. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I didn't need to talk to nobody because first of all, I didn't even know what death meant. I remember when my brother-in-law kind of told me, I was like, wait, she's never coming back ever, you know? And that's when it kind of hit me, but that was like months later. Cause I, I didn't know what that meant. So like they kind of overcompensated too. Like my sister and her husband, like school, first day of school, my four, five, six pair of shoes, you know, like just trying their very best so I can be happy, you know what I'm saying? Because so I won't feel e like less than the other kids because I didn't have my real mom or whatever. And like in elementary school, I remember like people like look like kids. I wasn't bullied, so let me not say I was bullied, but I remember them saying little things like, Oh, that's because her mom died or 
Or they'll say like, oh, there go her sister. Or I'm like, oh my God, oh, she got her ass because of her mom. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> when I got to middle school, I made it a point to not tell anybody that my sister Keisha and her Tebow were not my parents. Like, no one in middle school knew that they were not my biological parents. I think once I got, I had got a best friend in middle school, my best friends knew. Like, I think all three of them knew. Yeah, all three of them knew in middle school, but that's the only people that knew. And it was kind of crazy because they were bound to know because, of course, I had sleepovers and I was like calling them by their first names. They're like, why are you calling them by your buddy? You got your mama by her first name? You got your daddy by his first name? And that's kind of like why I t- when I told them. But if I didn't have to, I probably wouldn't have. But I feel like that was another coping mechanism, <laughs> you know, that I didn't even realize it. But my mom was everybody's favorite. My mom was everybody's favorite aunt. She was everybody's favorite cousin, their favorite um, sister. Like, she was everybody's favorite. So me trying to talk to anybody about it was just way too emotional because her death affected everybody damn near the same literally the freaking same even to this to this day she's still everybody's favorite favorite cousin favorite aunt favorite sister favorite mama favorite daughter like she's still everybody's favorite you know and I feel like I'm the type of person even now I never put my feelings before anybody else's feelings and I feel like I've always been like that so for me it was like if I feel some type of way about my mom I don't want to go talk to my auntie about it because I don't want my auntie to be sad. You know, I don't want my sister to be sad, so I'm not going to talk to my sister about it. You know, and that's that's not okay, but it was like, that's just how I am as a person to this day. Like, I don't want the other, I don't want no one around me to be sad. You know, like, I can go to a funeral room and I won't even cry until I see the people around me crying. <laughs> like, because I, I am affected by other people's emotions, especially those very close to me. You know, and I feel like another thing I dealt with with losing my my mom and moving with my sister was I would watch my sister sleep so much (laughs) because that was during the guilt phase. I had so much guilt behind my mom's death because I started to think, how long has she been dead and I did not know she was dead? How long did I sit in there with her and I didn't do anything? You know, I, I was even though I was only six, and she told me not to wake her up. How long had it been? And that made me, for like I'm gonna say for like a year or two, like I would literally just be like looking at my sister, like is she, is she breathing, making sure, like mm, let me see. And I remember one time she kind of caught me. She was like, uh-uh, don't do that. That shit is creepy. Because, <laughs> like, I think I was just, like, standing in the doorway. Or I think I had was, like, hovering over her. And she was like, uh-uh. She woke up like, uh-uh, don't do that shit. Now, what the hell? And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, no. I was just trying to ask you something. But, like, I was really just very nervous, you know, very anxious, you know, because of what I had dealt with with my mom or whatever. Um, but I do feel like... Everything does happen for a reason, you know, and that's my, that's one of the main things I want you guys to take from t- today's podcast is that everything happens for a reason. You don't know the reason in the season though. You don't know the reason why you're going through it. I mean, 
I don't I didn't know why my mom died. You know, you can't you you can't give me a good valid excuse for that while I'm dealing with this. Like no reason. Because I feel like she could still be here and I could still do all of this. But as I look on back on my life, the life my mom was creating was nothing like the life my sister created. You know, my mom, like just being very, very, very transparent, my mom died with nothing to her name. She didn't own anything. She did not have a good credit score. She didn't really leave us anything, you know. But my sister is very serious on financial literacy and saving and life insurance policies and making sure that you're okay, you know. And I think it's because of how, well, I I don't think I know because she literally told me that, she don't want to leave this world and we don't and the me and the girls don't have anything or me or you know or or our family has to be trying to figure out how to bury us anything like that you know and my mom's problem was you know you 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 can literally not even be around somebody but they're in you and my mom is literally in me because me and her have the same problem my mom would give when she did not have and I still do that shit to this. I still do that. You know, like, I could have nothing, nothing, and I'm going to find a way to give it to somebody if they ask. You know, and that's what my mom was. Like, she could literally have nothing. And if it's Christmas or and she just spent all her money on Christmas gifts, and there's some cousin from her fourth, fifth cousin come in the room who she ain't seen in 17 Christmases, she go, they come in the room and she feel bad. And she's going to find some money to get him because she feel bad because it's the only person in the room I ain't got a gift. But that's how she, and that's how I am, you know. But I don't think that, I don't, I don't think the way she was living her life would have allowed me to be where I'm at today. You know, I, I don't think I would have been in Los Angeles. I don't think I would be following my dreams as an actress because my sister and my brother-in-law created a space for me to have dreams. They created a support system for me to have dreams, for me to be able to see and explore different things. And I don't think my mom would have been able to provide that. And that's just me being 100% honest, you know. Love my mama to death. Wish she was here. But everything happens for a reason, you know. And you kind of got to... You have to go through it to figure out the reason, though. You can't get stuck in it to to realize, oh, this is the reason. I think that comes with like the seventh the seventh stage of grief was just acceptance, and I I accepted it through middle school, through high school. I never dealt with it. I never dealt with my mom's death. I didn't have time to. You know, I'm playing basketball. I'm playing volleyball. I got AAU. I got. School stuff, I didn't have time to deal with that. And I'm in high school. Who wants to deal with their emotions in high school? It's not, it wasn't 2022. Like, mental health health wasn't something we was talking about in 2010. Like, just being, you know, like, that's, that's new, you know? So I feel like I never had a chance to kind of deal with my mom's death until I got to college and I was able to stop like life kind of slowed down and I was like damn I never dealt with this you know and I kind of started to talk with my aunts about it I talked to my sister about it 
you know, and I kind of realized that that is, that is how I realized that everything happens for a reason. Like after that, I realized everything does happen for a reason, you know, because I've lived, I've been living a really good life and I'm really grateful. I'm really thankful to have my sister and, and have my brother-in-law and the life that did provide me. And it's not about materialistic things at all. It's about opportunities that they were able to create. It was about the support system. It was about the being able to see so much, so many different things, the, the knowledge, you know, it was about, it's about all of those things that I don't think I would have gotten if I was still living with my mom, my dad in Irvinville, you know? Um, and then my relationship with my dad <laughs> is no relationship. We didn't have a relationship. I did have a, I do have a relationship with my siblings though. All of my siblings, I do have a relationship with, um, shout out to them. <laughs> I do have a relationship with them and they did have a relationship with my dad to a certain extent, because like I said, I moved from Irwinville. They stayed in Irwinville. So I didn't see him like they saw him. Um, fast forward to like more recently, like when he died, he died 2019 and that year, <laughs> that year I wrote in my journal, it was February 2nd, 2019. I wrote in my journal that I was going to reach out to my dad this year because I just want to know like why he wasn't there, but I also want to let him know. I wanted to let him know that I did love him. And I had no hate in my heart towards him because I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't feel hate because I had so much love around me, you know, but I did want to have a conversation with him because in all honesty, I was graduating college that, that August, I was about to say May, why well, I'm lying, like I was going to graduate May, but <laughs> I was about to graduate that August and I was wanting to let him know I wanted him there. Well, he died a month, within a month after I wrote that in my journal. So the second point I want to make today is say whatever you got to say to whoever. Okay. Say it, please say it. Y'all I am living proof. You time waste on no one. You know, I always tell people ain't nothing shorter than life. Nothing is short, shorter than life. And I remember I asked my, my, uh, my my dad, well, my brother-in-law asked him, I said, do you think I should reach out to my dad? And he was like, if you don't, you're going to regret it. You know, and it was so crazy because, you know, you thinking, I'm thinking, you know, say, well, I stepped up for him. You need to reach out to him. But everybody that knows him knows he's a real stand-up guy. He was like, nah, you need to reach out to your dad. And I never got around to it. That was like when I was in high school. But then, like, when I realized that I really did want to just – I really didn't want to have a, a relationship with him. And all honestly, like, I'm not saying he was going to be the person I chose to walk me down the aisle because no one but Terrell Kitchen is filling that spot. But I would have wanted him to be in my wedding. I would, well, when I get married. I would have wanted him to be there when I start having kids and things of that nature. Because, like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to die with anything on my, in my heart, you know, any, any type of ill, anything, even though I didn't have that towards him, but I wanted to mend this, you know, because that's my real dad, you know? And like I said, like 
it's been 26 years where I'm 26 years old. And I'm like, damn, my real mom died when I was six. Don't really know her. Then my dad died in 2019. He was here for a lot of years of my life, but I don't know him either, you know, and I'm just so young to not have my parents, you know, and I feel like that's why you have to tell people how you feel. You know, I know there's so much on social media where they're, they're saying like, uh, uh-uh, uh, F them people and don't reach out to people. Let me tell y'all something. Reach out to people. There's no reason to have hate in your heart. There's no reason. Like if those people are not physically or mentally, like really not hurting you and it's worth it, reach out to those people. Don't let social media, don't let social media not let you mend a relationship that needs to be mended, you know? And I honestly feel like I'm not mad that I didn't have a relationship with my dad. I don't regret not having a relationship with my dad, you know, because I am good, you know, like I had a good life. I had a great life. And I feel like, like I said, my sister and her husband allowed me to create and have a mental space for me to even do stuff like this. You know, to even have a creative mind, to even want to be an actor, to even want to be a director, to even want to be a writer, to to even go to college, you know. I'm a first generation, you know, so I don't think I would have went to college if I was still living with my mom and my dad, you know. And in all honesty, I know I wouldn't have went to because none of my siblings went to college, you know. It's literally like... I'm I'm stating facts, <laughs> you know, like this is not something that I'm just making up. I'm stating facts, you know, and I just feel like when my dad died, I kind of, that's when grief really hit me, you know, and I remember when he died, I told my nieces and my nephew, my niece and my nephew and my sister, we were all sitting there talking the night before he died. And my nephew, he has an old soul. He was like, you better go talk to your daddy because you never know. But I was like, I'm going to go talk to him Friday because I get out of classes early on Friday. And my niece called me like 4 in the morning, 3 in the morning. You know what that means. Y'all, everybody know what that means. And I was like, where you at? Are you okay? Is Chelsea okay? Is your mom okay? Is your brother okay? And I'm like making sure everybody else is okay. Because I feel like I can't, I can't be sad because I didn't have a relationship with him. You know, like they can because they did. And I remember I got in my uh, sister and my and her husband's bed and I just cried and I just cried and they just helped me. And I, the main thing for me was that I was so hurt behind, behind the woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, you always, you always hear about the woulda, coulda, shouldas, but damn, that shit had really hit me. Like, I should have did this. I could have did this. You know, please reach out to those people. You know, please tell those people how you're feeling. Even if it goes nowhere, it feels good to let somebody know how you feel. You know, even if it's good or even if it's bad. And I feel like with grief and being a black person, and it goes it goes hand in hand with my story as well, going all the way back to slavery and all of that. We don't have, we didn't have, we don't have time to grieve. So we never grieve. When are we going to have, when, when will we have had time to grieve? If we still had to pick cotton, do the, do the chores, go uh, plant this, 
do this, cook these meals, make sure master. When in the hell did we have time to grieve when they was killing our brothers and our sisters, our mothers and our fathers next to us? How could we have grieved? We still had to go do our jobs. And I feel like that's our mentality still. I still feel like we don't have time to grieve because we got to go to work the next day. We got to keep it pushing. I feel like more recently we do kind of take that time to grieve, but what they give you off from work, what, seven days to grieve? Yeah, about seven days from work to grieve. But grief can last for years. I still feel like my sister is grieving behind our mom, and it's been 20-plus years. Grief lasts for years, and it'll sneak up on you. So it's like we never deal with it. You know, our mindset as black people is to keep it pushing. Keep it pushing. You know, we don't have time to be sad. We got shit to do. And I feel like... Once I paused and I stopped playing basketball and I didn't have volleyball and I didn't have AAU and I stopped and I had time for my brain to kind of think, that's when I actually started to deal with grief, you know? And I feel like that's why as black people, we have all this generational hurt on us because we ain't, we ain't got over big mom dying in 20, in, in 1990, you know what I'm saying? Like as a, as, as a black hole, like, you know, the aunts and the uncles and the great aunts and the great uncles, they they never deal with their grief, you know? So now we're just building it on top of on top of on top of generation after generation. And it's holding and it's and it's mentally weighing us down, you know. So we we I'm not saying to let it go, you know, deal with it. That's the best thing to do. That's how you deal with it by dealing with it. You know, when I'm missing you, come on by Brandy Tamir. I'm going to cry it out every time, you know. My mom's birthday, Mother's Day, the day she died, I'm going to cry it out every time, you know. And I'm, I feel so much better, you know. And another thing that has that has really helped me is to just talk about it. Talking about it helps so much, you know. Letting people know how you feel or talk, talking to your family about it or thinking about those memories. And it's not no time limit on it. Like, oh, She's still talking about that. No, yep, it's been 30 years, yep. And I still miss them. Yep, yep, and that's fine. You know, don't let nobody tell you how you should feel or when you should grieve. You know, there's no time limit on that. And that's just my main thing. Everything happens for a reason, you know. Do I regret having a, not having a relationship with my dad? I honestly don't. I'm okay. <laughs> I am okay with it. I have dealt with it and I am okay with not having a relationship with my dad. Do I miss my mom? Yes. Have I accepted why she passed? Yes. Do I understand why she's gone? Yes. You know, we all gonna go someday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like Coming to terms with my parents' death, even though I still go through those random grieving moments, it brings it has brought me so much peace and understanding. You know, just dealing with all of my emotions, being angry, being mad, being sad, you know, all of those things has really, really shaped me, but it allows me to show and feel my emotions. And it's brought me so much peace over my entire life, you know, because 
losing my mom and my dad has a it affects it affected me whole you know so dealing with it has affected me as well so that's kind of like it for episode two what I want you guys to do this week is contact somebody you know even if it's if it ended bad or it didn't end how you wanted it to end just reach out to them. Let them know you love them. Because I know you love them. You know what I'm saying? You you don't hate these people. Because you don't, you don't have hate in your heart. Let them know you love them. And I bet you you'll feel better. I bet you you'll feel better. You know? Don't wait until it's too late. You know? Don't let social media feel make you feel like you got to be so freaking hard. You know? Reach out to those people. You know? And I bet you you will feel better. Okay? Okay, so that is a wrap for episode two. I hope you guys enjoyed it, learning just a little bit more about me and my family. And like I, my church says, I love you, but God loves you more. <laughs>